Episode 62, Five Element Nutrition and Acupuncture from German, Shanghai, and Australian Studies. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we are Kristen Zeller's Perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards-nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely-seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This week is St. Patrick's Day. Have a safe green weekend. I remember one time I had a kilt my brother got me when he was traveling the world in the Navy. So I used that as an excuse to wear it to the office one time. Yes, I wore shorts underneath it, but it was fun. And the patients got a kick out of it. So that works well, too. Anyway, have a fantastic St. Patrick's Day wherever you are and however you celebrate it. Just stay safe. Well, look, today... We have a German with a Swiss accent. So if you like accents, you're going to love this episode. She has studied five-element nutrition in Germany. She did a little yoga in India. She had took some intensive acupuncture classes in Shanghai, which we'll talk about. And then now she is doing general acupuncture in Brisbane, Australia, which is actually very open to acupuncture. But they haven't really heard about five-element nutrition before. So I'm excited today because on, in this series... We haven't really discussed that much about a nutrition aspect. So today we're going to go deep into that. So get excited. Acupuncture series. We're halfway through. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash six two. You can find my new book at needlelessacupuncture.net. Check that out if you haven't already. 40 common conditions. Self-treat. No needles. All right. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, we got a special day today. The internet and the Wi-Fi and the electricity is off in my apartment. So I'm live in the hospital. So if you hear some noises, okay. But today's guest, she is German. She has a Swissy accent, okay? She has learned five-elementish nutrition from Germany. She's learned yoga in India. She did an intensive foreign-based acupuncture in Shanghai and even was able to needle quickly. Pretty cool there. And now she's in Australia learning general acupuncture. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Kristen Zeller. Hi, Justin. Hi. Thanks so much for having me tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this is exciting. You're, you're so diverse, uh, not afraid to travel, not afraid to uh, go against the grain. Because I'm pretty sure uh, Europe is kind of like America, very into the Western culture, Western medicine and uh, acupuncture and all that is a little bit on the fringe. It might be mm -hmm. dare to say that. So how did you end up going on this path? What made you choose acupuncture and not just acupuncture, but like the nutrition part as well? I think as with many therapies, it's just like your first own exposure and for me, when I had my first acupuncture treatment, um, that was at a time when I was still in corporate business. I was in marketing. Um, I was very focused on my work and I was pretty stressed and, um, yeah, <laughs> run down at times. So my first acupuncture session left me completely impressed. Um, like I had immediate impact. For me, it was just like a little magic and I was like, oh. I just would love to play these tricks too. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for me, at first, it was just helping me to have um, a sustainable life and to it just helped me to maintain my balance. 
Yeah, but then I, I kind of found I um I really have to contribute myself because otherwise I will just only go back and see my my acupuncturist. So I started to be more interested in the food side. Yeah. So what does that look like in in the classes that you took, and especially in an, in another country that I'm not familiar with? Is it your basic? This is what B6 does. This is what folic acid does. Or is it, this is what a low-carb diet is, a high-fat diet? Kind of, what, what kind of things are you learning in that program? Well, it's actually pretty the opposite of um, the Western medicine side of nutrition. And okay. let's say as a, a user <laughs> myself, I found that a really like a big relief because I didn't have to worry about, um, let's say, the vitamins or I mean, it was completely new terminology to me. Like, well, I learned about chi, um, like what kind of energy is there in food. I learned about the yin and yang. Like you can look at foods from a yin and yang perspective, but then what we learned in five elements is you just put on another pair of glasses and you look at how do those foods impact your organs, your tissues, and for me, most important, how do they impact your feelings? And for me personally, going through a two years journey with this amazing teacher, I just found personal my, my freedom with food because I was like, oh, I knew exactly what I needed to choose in what situation. And um, yeah, <laughs> so. Um, so this is like warm food, cold food as uh, well. Yeah, so the yin and yang side is mm-hmm. mainly them warming nature food or cold so we categorize the food and there's things that are neutral they are pretty much in the middle and then we have those extremes which are extremely cool or extremely um hating so um in a five elements basic diet you would just usually go for um say for the balanced food for the neutral foods and you avoid extremes so if you avoid extremes then um you never really get out of balance and if you do, let's say, well, there's Christmas and you kind of uh, get into an excess state, you eat a lot and you drink a lot, then, well, you also know which foods to choose to balance this state. So, um, yeah, to get back into shape and uh, just like in a good emotional state too. Are you able to treat things like acne or, uh, yeah, it's good, like acne, constipation, things like that? It, it, you look at their food and they say, hey, you're eating way too much spicy food. Stop eating this or <laughs> stop eating. Introduce these types of foods and then you'll notice that it'll calm down in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the beautiful thing is you look at the individual. So there's um, a constitution. Like when I see someone, I would look at what what is the normal constitution of that person and then what is his current so maybe a person who is um, element of metal would tend to dryness so (laughs) it's kind of ironic that um, as as people we actually favor those foods that are not good for us so for example these people they would love to eat crackers and (laughs) just like snack a lot and um, while they would need some yin foods just like to um, not get too dry yeah, so it's like very, very individual. So it's not the same food for everyone, and it's mm-hmm. not the same advice for everyone. And yeah, to answer your question, yes, constipation, there might be uh, different reasons for it, but yeah, you can treat it through picking the right foods. 
well, uh, also acne. Acne usually, well, often some dampness in the body. So we all have some dampness. Um, so maybe as a term, dampness needs to be explained. Like in, in Chinese medicine, dampness is an accumulation of fluids that's often because of, um, yeah, let's say, um, your lifestyle, your food choices, or maybe also after the excess worrying that, and it slows down everything in the body. Like dampness is pretty heavy, and it's um, it has this downward thing. So also like with the moods, we get just like a little slow with everything, and just like not, <laughs> yeah, um, not so easy to get into a drive, you know. So we right. want to get rid of that dampness. Um, and then, well, the skin will clear up, but like all the um, other parts, the other aspects like tissues, um, they will Maybe less sweaty or something. Yeah, less sweaty. <laughs> yeah, that's also part of dampness, definitely. If I put you on the spot, feel free to be like, ah, but there's five elements. Mm -hmm. What are maybe one or two stereotypes of a type of person like for metal uh, fire is that one of them? I think in water. There's a couple others, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are like one or two maybe stereotypes? Like these people tend to eat more sugar. These people tend to eat more chips. Anything like that? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, well, the sugar people usually, yeah, the earthy people. They love the sugars. Um, I often find lots of <laughs> proof for stereotypes, like in the element of metal, like the perfectionism. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty evident and sometimes like um, a metal person likes to um, judge and analyze what's happening around the people and they also have certain um, way of eating like um, they like the food to look nice and like I have a very good friend she loves to have these super tiny portions but it has to be really nicely decorated and <laughs> if you gave her a big big plate of spaghetti and it would be too much you'd be like oh no and she will rather be um put off by it so she she wouldn't love to start while yeah. me i'm a i'm a wood person uh for me if a portion isn't big enough i'm already um sad before starting you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the elements they have like these different character traits and often you know like People, you can't just put them into one area. Often they have maybe one or two major elements. And um, you have to be like, give it a little time. And when you meet a patient, a client, then, well, discover it bit by bit. And then help them to, um, to use like the really positive um, traits that they got because mm -hmm. it's like their assets. Right. And... If they have a trouble, like if they are in an imbalance, maybe because of their food or because of their lifestyle, for example, perfectionism, <laughs> you can you can really help them to ease up a little bit. Like over time, it would take a lot of time, but when they change their diet, um, they might get a little bit calmer and um, yeah, more at ease with things over time. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I, I don't, there's so many people like, this is a very foreign con it's still kind of a foreign concept to me and I'll, i've been in china for over three years but there's a lot to learn if you talk about the mineral and the earth and all that type of stuff but yeah 
it depends on who you run with. Like they don't talk about it a lot here, so I'm sure the get the, the audience is kind of like, what is she what is she talking about? It's like, look, just listen to what she's saying. You can Google it afterwards, and then just like <laughs> if you were saying, eat right for your blood type. Okay, well you can Google that and kind of get an idea of what a little bit more in depth of what she's talking about, and kind of go research more if you find mm-hmm. that. It piques somebody's interest. That's that's my point. If it piques your interest, there's more you can learn just from what she's saying. And you're like, oh, okay, now I have a better picture of the full picture. So <laughs> yeah, well, it's so huge. It's so huge. Uh, usually, when I coach people, I love to put it in several sessions. Just like because if you're new to these terms. It just takes time to grasp the concept and you don't want it to be overwhelming. It's like learning a new language and like a new putting on new glasses. If you give it a chance and if you um, invest a little bit of time and it means just like not wanting to understand everything, just like listen to it and um, well, let it sit with you for a while. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it will come. (laughs) Yeah. Before we uh, push record, you were talking about going to Shanghai. It was a four-month intensive foreigner-based program at a T- one of the biggest TCM hospitals in the country. And you had mentioned that after maybe six weeks, you were already starting to like needle. Tell us a little bit more about that. Maybe some of the things that you learned, some lessons you pulled away. And did it, it contribute to wanting to finalize the, the acupuncture part of your training or, or what? Yeah, that was a pretty intense time, actually. I've signed, I've signed up for the course while I was um, traveling. I found this program by the Shanghai um, University and they were advertising it for people um, that have maybe medical background, but they didn't, ex- um, didn't say it's exclusive. So I contacted them and asked, hey, you know, I have a corporate background. Can I participate in that program? And they were saying, yes, of course you can because it's a beginner. And I was like, oh, okay, good. And I was a bit happy because I had all my five elements uh, nutrition basis. So I was like, oh, I, I got the basics. Yeah. But then when I when I arrived, it was pretty full on. Like in the first six weeks, we you know, like we had full day schedule of um, the fundamentals. And well, like um, I was happy sometimes at night to call it a day, you know, like because it was very intense. And then after six weeks, we had um, exams, um, also needling, like in class. Like you can imagine, we were sitting in a classroom and we were putting needles into, let's say, other students. And this was like an exam. And afterwards, they were saying, okay, now you can go half a day um, into the local clinics. So we will split you up in teams and you will work with those um, doctors in the clinics. Just follow them, observe and see. And maybe they will ask you also to needle. And I was just super lucky. I was in a group with three more Asians. So they mm-hmm. were all speaking um, Mandarin while I was not. Oh, and uh, <laughs> so that was very exciting to go into this hospital department. There were like 20 beds for the day patients. So uh-huh. in those little teams, it was just really cool because uh, like they helped me a lot to um to talk to patients when I needed to. <laughs> I learned a few sentences, but the issue was like, I asked the questions and maybe I got my tones right. I mean, you will know how difficult it is to get yeah. the tones right. And they understood what I was asking, but if they answered to me, I was lost again. You know? Yeah, exactly. I understand that. <laughs> Whatever it's they like answered. It's okay. like, they don't just point, they just want to give you a story. Yeah, I can only have yes or no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> 
And, you know, the best experience and the best lesson was really because the doctors, they only know acupuncture points in Chinese language. So each of the points, like we call them, for example, we call it stomach 36, we call it Susan Lee. And without knowing the Chinese name, I would have not known what I have to do. So it was like a really good lesson for me to learn all the acupuncture names. It was good motivation. And uh, So they actually taught you like those names versus lung nine or stomach 36 yeah they were just throwing ah. it at you like when they were um like very busy the doctors they were saying like just the easy points on the legs they were saying okay Kristen, you do susan lee you do hergu you do just like some points they were just <laughs> throwing out the names yeah <laughs> Kian <laughs> lee yeah and um i was like okay my mind like okay <laughs> and then afterwards they were checking you did it right uh, well, nice. they didn't. They didn't ask us to needle like points on the on the back or in the neck. You know, nothing um, like that. They would they would safe. be concerned about just like very safe points yeah. on the arms, on the legs, and the patients in China are pretty cool actually. About um, they kind of assume you know what you're doing. They generally they, they just if you're in here, you must be qualified. So okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they also charge a bit by age. So I'm like 38. I look pretty senior. So, yeah. And you're white. So that helps too. <laughs> yeah. But I really love the interaction with the patients. So they, um, they were very friendly and welcoming. That's awesome. That's cool. And then now you made it all the way to Australia. And you're, are you in an official program now to where when you're finished, you can hang a shingle on the wall and, and start charging patients? <laughs> I hope I can. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Uh, so I always had this dream of having a bachelor studies in Chinese medicine. And um, it, it wasn't just like by chance that I uh, had this destiny or um, goal of going to Brisbane. I had a friend whom I met three years ago and she told me about the college here and I mean, the college here has been here for more than 20 years. There's really good teachers. It's a huge Chinese medicine community here in Brisbane. And and I came to visit last year, just like to check it out. And I went to the clinic to get some treatments. And, well, I could quickly see the differences between a treatment in China and a treatment here with all the safety procedures, everything. And I talked to (laughs) I talked to many students and um, I just found, oh, well, that's a really good place to be. And yeah, then... It's it's a little more cleaner in uh, Australia, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They take the the, uh, antiseptics a little more serious. Yeah. Do you wear gloves by chance in Australia? Do they teach you to wear gloves or is it still a gloveless system? So at college, um, we use gloves upon taking needles out on the hand mm-hmm. um, like that removes the needle we we wear gloves but that's just a college thing like in practice you don't need to but there's some um, okay. there's some rules like for example touching the needle in China when you're taught like how to how to hold the needle you would you you can touch the shaft but um, well here in Australia there's strict rules like uh, you're not allowed to touch the shaft yeah now, you mean the shaft is like the coily part, or are you talking about the it's, the actual needle part? It's the actual needle part that enters the skin. Because in China, it was oh. just like at the hospital, you're disinfecting your hands, and then after that, you, you touch the needle, you insert the needle. Yeah. Yeah. And you do freehand mostly. And, um, well, I'm happy I, I Did was... Did you get good at it? 
Yeah. <laughs> it, <this laughs> Did is you use those two-inch ones in like a leg where you, you gotta like push it in two or three times to get it deep enough? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the really big ones. <laughs> like, yeah, also. Yeah. yeah, actually, inserting your first needles into patients is quite a challenge. There is this um, funny thing about mind block. And I've seen it here with other students too. I had my first mind block in China. Like if you are concentrating more on, let's say, the skin, then actually visualizing the needle to go in. And if you're not in a relaxed state, it can be really hard to insert a needle, which is not pleasant for, which is not pleasant for the patient. So it really needs a good um, state of mind to have a good needling technique. And um, yeah, this takes practice. I um, I think I told this story in the podcast before, but I was doing my wife on the fir- for the first time, like uh, the spot on your elbow. Yeah. You know, the elbow crease area. Pretty common spot. The doctor's like, all right, this is where you need to do it. It's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in. And then she pulled, but I pulled it out later. She had a bruise. Oh. So I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Can I blame the doctor for not pointing to the exact spot better? <laughs> It was fine. It was fine. Nothing really happened. It just a little bruise for a few days. (laughs) Yeah. That's also, I think as a student, you get used to um, just like also being, being bruised by other students and be relaxed about it. It's just like, well, we're all learning. We're learning so that um, eventually when we practice on patients, you know, like these days when we use poppers, it's just like there's, there's not much of a sensation upon, there should not be a sensation on the insertion into the skin that shouldn't be felt you afterwards you have this pulling sensation which we call doji but yeah the needle insertion as such it should really be uh, without sensation no pain for sure at this point in your schooling with all the stuff that you've done do you have a specialty that you're looking to get into actually interested in the psycho-emotional um area like that has always been fascinating for me already with five elements nutrition like uh, when you balance life with food intakes and you nourish five elements that you get into um let's say a better emotional state and have a better mindset better focus and um well the same like with the needles well i want to learn like during my studies now i'm second year so now i really want to learn more about the psycho-emotional area and like effective treatments um with psycho-emotional disorders i find that the most common thing and kind of hidden thing like what people are really um bothered with is anxiety and depression these days and it's really scary Mm -hmm. for me to sometimes find out how many people use antidepressants without you knowing for a long time it's just like then you learn that so many people take antidepressants because um and it's kind of a vicious circle i think because once you start with the antidepressants people usually they will take it for the rest of their lives isn't that crazy? Yeah. That they would never be able to get off of it for whatever reason. It just it blows my mind. Yeah. It's really hard for them to get off. I, Yeah. I know several people who like to, but then if, if they've been into for a few years, it's it becomes very hard. And I just know that with acupuncture, um, there's really good um, potential to help people um, with any emotional upsets. And... 
sometimes, you know, we have hard, like hard moments in life. We have our challenges. Um, well, I had them too. Yeah, you kind of need them sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then you need support. And I was always very very lucky to have good practitioners around me. So I uh, I wasn't. Um, well, I didn't need medication, and that's what I would love to give to people like in the future, like alternatives that they know if they feel depressed. Um, because in Chinese medicine, how I understand it, also with five elements nutrition, you know, we can we can offer a as a psychotherapy to help people overcome their problems and maybe change their perspective. Mm-hmm. But also, if we start to restore their organs they are much more likely that they also get the psycho-emotional balance you know like if for example the kidney isn't uh, strong or let's say someone has a really weak digestive system and this has been due to many many years of constant overthinking and worrying something Mm -hmm. like that, which has been built up over time, if we had to restore the functions and the digestive system like the spleen, um, that's really one of the core organs um, in the Chinese medicine system because together with the stomach, it's like where we build our energy. So where we transform the food that we get, you know, we have to, the body needs to transform it into energy to chi. So if those organs don't work, because maybe they have been a bit neglected in the last years, then we don't get as much of our uh, food as as we could. So we strengthen those organs, and then things come back into balance. And when these things come back into balance, also the psycho-emotional follows automatically. So, and that is the wonderful thing. Like, I know that by giving ex- strengthening the organs, um, we can have more. Come on, computer. Uh, okay, now you're back. I'm okay. back? <laughs> yeah, you're back. Okay, where was I caught? <laughs> the last part was um, when you start getting, say, the spleen better and the kidney better. The My guess was, is you know, more Western-y is maybe all these things are working and now the hormones are actually able to be produced correctly and the body is able to actually uh, process them and churn them out and, and just, just get rid of whatever is necessary as mm-hmm. well. And then the, the Chinese, you know, five element or acupuncture, they're going to use different terms for that. But in, it's kind of, this, in my opinion, that's kind of what it's doing. It's kind of fine tuning your body mm-hmm. by your diet, by your organs actually doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And it's interesting that you're saying you can actually do that, not just with needles, but actually with food yeah. and assessing all these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like things that build up over many years. It also takes a lot of time to restore. So I think food is the right method for, you know, things that have been there for a long time. If you change your food intake, then, yeah, it's just like more likely that um, your results are more sustainable. You know, like, mm-hmm. for example, uh, we have we have mentioned this term of dampness. Um, and I must say, like, from my own experience, because I didn't know better, I was a, a natural vegetarian. Like, I think almost like by birth, I never wanted to eat animals, um, meat. And then, mm-hmm. well, what do you do? I grew up in a time when... Um, well, no one really knew tofu in my village, you know, like there, <laughs> the Swiss border, it's yeah, just like <laughs> no big town. We didn't have an organic supermarket. And we're just like, oh, you're vegetarian. Oh, my God, what are you going to eat? 
it was during my teenager times that I started to eat lots of dairy products. And I think I, I really, I've overdone because it was like, okay, if you don't eat meat and you have to eat lots of dairy, <laughs> I didn't know better. <laughs> but anytime dairy products are very cooling and they cre can create um, what we call dampness in Chinese medicine. And like with my excessive consumption, I really contributed to that. And that put my body, Body completely out of balance, and it. I needed really. I needed um, a long time. I would say I needed those one or two years. And you just went like dairy free, or did you have to not only go dairy free but eat other things to also eat put the mm. remove the dampness. Also eat differently. Like you know, if I had the opinion that dairy is like my um, protein. Mm -hmm. I just went over to have other sources of protein. I'm now I'm eating more vegan, and because of Chinese medicine, I even started to eat um, some fish, like at times. Okay. Yeah, and um, well, I think I have a. How'd you make it in China? In China, well. Uh, Pork's like in everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want some vegetables? We're gonna throw some pork in there so it tastes good. Oh, uh, I had my I had my most favorite restaurant. Um, we always like we were a little group. We went to that restaurant um, near university, um, Dongbei, <laughs> Dongbei Dong restaurant, Bay. and we had just like these huge vegetable plates and. It was like the waiters already knew us. Oh, the crazy European lady and the, well, I had my Chinese <laughs> friends with me <laughs> is here again. And we had all these exclusions, you know, they were asking like, boo row, um, no meat. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, 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 yeah. all these exclusions. Having no dairy is easy in China, right? So that's at least. Yeah, they don't really have yeah, much. Only, only what they eat these days is this Western um all these Western cakes. Like if you go to a large city like Shanghai, where I was, it feels like they are changing diet now too. They they love everything which comes from the West. <laughs> well, and they charge high prices for these things. So I don't know if that's helping at all. You mm. know, that might help them to want to do it too. Did you know the phrase Bouvet Jing? No, no. I, I So oh, no. We say it a lot here. No MSG. <laughs> Yeah, I would have loved to know this one. <laughs> yeah, Bula, Jing. That's one of those two things we always say when we go eat out. If we can, if we can help yeah. it, let's not eat more MSG than than we need because they'll put that thing on there like Everywhere. the amount of salt people put. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like you want a big spoonful of crystals. You're like, uh, no, I don't actually. Yeah. You don't realize what it's doing to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was very lucky. I had my little apartment sharing with other people, and I was able to cook while I was in China. Because apparently oh, that's perfect. also something maybe you've noticed. I, I, I just heard from so many people in China, they are not cooking anymore. They don't even have kitchens in new apartments. They're just having delivery. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it, you know what it is? It, the prices are so low, even for the, like, the people that make, you know, regular money. It's kind of like in America, I guess, going to McDonald's. Like you can just get something at a price where you're just like, <sighs> if I would have cooked with the time and then the cleanup, I probably spent more money. Mm -hmm by actually cooking at home. So they just eat out. But it's like, dude, you don't know what you're getting. Like, they don't really have the huge regulations with the oil. Like, you don't know how old the oil could yes. be that they cook the stuff in. Like, um, Wherever you are, whether you're in China or somewhere else, if you cook at home, you know what's in. And you usually, you just have so many more nutrients. You know, you have like fresh produce. Uh, and you probably cook with less salt and less um, fat and better, better uh, yeah. sources. Because it's just, mm -hmm. of course, a restaurant 
is dependent on the number of guests and they will just want you to please you with lots of, uh, let's say, very, very yummy food. So there will always be uh, some additional salt and some additional fat and just to make it very, very yummy. My job yum. is to make you enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, unless you're going to like a vegan restaurant. <laughs> My goal is to just make it taste good. Yeah. And that means <laughs> salt and fat and deliciousness. So, oh man, that's fun. Well, what would you say are some of the misconceptions so far that you've learned about your profession and what people kind of butt heads with you about? Often it's not just a um, misconception. It's people they don't really know. And everything which is kind of foreign is sometimes um, in the first moment a bit scary especially what I learned is like any new coaching clients I don't want to overwhelm them with terminology so I'm like I use mm -hmm. the terms like dampness all these things I use like rather scarcely and I explain in words that they can understand and just like get get rather to let's say feasible advice for them so and not overwhelm yeah. them with like let's say the system because it can be scary um for people if they do not grasp the overall concept and well you don't at first yeah. it takes a bit of time so give it in little pieces and create an interest actually since it's working it's speaking for itself so it's like as soon mm -hmm. as they have experience like people who have had acupuncture or people who have been on a five elements diet for a while they know and then there is no more doubt. And they will usually, they also speak favorable of it. So to usually like bring the whole family in for things, you know, like, when, uh -huh. yeah, that's usually how it works. Like, you know, if something works for you and you find it good and you're like fascinated, and you're like, oh, I've got this new thing and you're sharing. So, yeah. And I think precisely. Here in Brisbane, it's a place where acupuncture has been growing for many, many years. Not so much five elements nutrition. So, like, this is a very new term. And I, I'm pretty aware of that. But, like, with acupuncture, people are very open in Australia. Everything, energy. I love that. When I, when I arrived here, I was like, oh, my God, it's like freedom. Because people are just not afraid of speaking of... Um, I'd say um, holistic uh, things and like their body relation, like terms like energy. That's um, such a common word. Just embrace. Yeah, like we don't use it in in my language. No, we don't really use it. <laughs> we, I was in Queensland randomly, and I had to get an Airbnb one night because it just. I didn't book correctly. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, no, I, I still have one more day. I better find an Airbnb. So I was chatting with the, my host and she was does. I forget what it was called now. Um, but it's like some energy work and some muscle work tied in and all those different things. And I was like, where am I? This is crazy. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. I was just like, Keep us open, huh? I was like, do you know who you're talking to here? I'm a chiropractor. I understand this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was just kind of cool that they have they understand it. They embrace yeah. it as a, as a culture. Do you plan to work there? Uh or do you have to go back to the Europe? Uh, well, when I go back to Europe, I know like in Germany, I have to, I would have to get an, a certificate by the government first. So I will have to study another uh -huh. year at least, like Western medicine. Cool. Um, for Switzerland, where I lived, um, I think I, I could get credits. Maybe, maybe it would be more smooth um, to just get my permit for Switzerland. But you know what? I'm, I'm just open. And why I wanted to 
study here. It's just like because I feel like I'm a citizen of this world. I was always traveling a lot and I don't know where I want to end up. I know I'm going back to China. And next time I'm going back to China, I'm going to know my tones. <laughs> I really okay. I'm practicing Chinese every day. I'm doing a really cool online course just to learn and get these tones right because I want my taxi. Which one? Like the four tones in Chinese uh, language. No, I mean, which program? Also, uh, Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo Chinese. Oh, you're doing yes, Yo-Yo. She's, she's okay, so Yo-Yo cool. Chinese. Is it I good? I love her. I love her. I've never had I, such I, a good online teacher. <laughs> Ah, yeah, man. really, really good. That's great. Yeah. So, and now um, after studying that for one year, I feel like, oh, now I can finally start to like learn some sentences because if you if you fail to pronounce these tones right, when I was in Shanghai, taxi drivers they didn't didn't even understand my address. I was very frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't even. It's not like English where I can kind of figure out like. I think you said something earlier with a W and it's supposed to be a V. Yeah. And I was like, but I know what she said. <laughs> it's fine. But in Chinese, no. Like, they just look at you. Tipadong. Yeah. You're like, Tipadong, come on. I said, Jadang. That's an egg. How hard is that? Yeah, come on. It. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you don't get the tone right, it, it changes the meaning of the oh. word completely. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I have to be careful what you so. say. You might say very funny things. So... <laughs> But that's okay, because if you, if you can take a joke, yeah. like if you don't mind being the butt of the joke, it'll make a whole lot easier. I say that, and I should probably know how to speak the, the whole language at this point, but I still don't, <laughs> much to my chagrin. Uh, you kind of mentioned this. Are you? I think you probably have this already. As far as marketing, you got to market to yourself. You probably got to get clients sometimes in the, in the clinic, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in different areas you were already at. So any, any tips or tricks that have worked to have more patients and more people to coach? Hmm. All right. So like, I think the things that I, I'm benefit from, like what I learned when I was in marketing communication, I was, I was running a little team and I had to be really organized. So like making up plans and, um, well now being kind of, um, self-employed, um, mm -hmm. I also need to make my plans, you know, and that's just like maybe a thing because I, I've done it for many years, you know, I, I create my own marketing plan. I know I have an action plan. Um, so I think planning is key um, in a way. And then, well, have a strategy. Like for me, I um, I called my, my business Keys to Energy because it incorporates everything. Because I, I as I already said, it's not just acupuncture. It's not just nutrition and yoga exercise. Um, so I can put everything together under one roof and I just believe like for the individual with his constitution, with his personal story and well, his, his current state of mind and work and environment, um, it's right. just like having these individual solutions and everyone has his personal kind of keys to energy, which I just work on with a client when I see him. So that's my idea. That's my strategy. Just like bringing it all together and then making it a good choice for the client. And I th I've seen now many people here graduating from college and starting um, their mm -hmm. businesses. And I think here this is a country where people can just um, – it's like very friendly for people to create a business. It's like – 
I should say it, it feels like easy. This environment accommodates um, this, and um, I've seen many acupuncturists now starting their own their own little businesses and um, putting up their advertisement. And well, I think you always attract your clients. Like I think your energy, the way you you find your tribe. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you'll find your tribe. When you're talking, when you see all these new people coming out. And you, like I said, you have a corporate background, which is really a good thing. Are there any pitfalls that new graduates sh- should be aware of to avoid so that they can actually hit the ground and be successful and maybe less less struggling? Here, I think I'm a little hesitant because, you know, if I if I haven't, like, done the like I haven't opened an acupuncture clinic, so I want to be I want to be a bit hesitant about giving advice about things that I haven't done myself. So yeah, that's I fair. know I know about, about my coaching business now and I know that you need perseverance definitely like just like also in the beginning you know you have to kind of not be um, hesitant to put yourself out there like start to give things for free because if you give things mm-hmm. for free like you give talk advice for free it's this is like how it's like you're getting markets on a Sunday and um, to to a local health shop and having a corporation and just like address current topics that bother people, be it, be it depression, um, be it diabetes. Yeah, just like focus on a topic and give people something which is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Meetups is really good as well, like to um, find some groups and maybe offer to give a talk in a group. Um, maybe another. What was that called again? Meetup. You know, the, um, it's like a international, oh, meetup. Yeah. international platform. So there are some health groups and sometimes they invite you as a speaker and you can just enter that meetup for a certain night and you give a speech about, well, acupuncture if you're um, building your acupuncturist about, or maybe about foods, about things people can do, about exercise. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there's plenty of room, but I think it's important to put yourself out there and persevere. That's like what I know now as, as well, like not to give up, um, keep going, like in, well, in the first time. Yeah, because, well, it's it's not given that you just start up like a rocket, you know, you have to be, yeah, you have to be continuously working. You know, I've heard if we knew how hard it was going to be, we probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a good thing to be a little ignorant of how much work something's going to take because oh, it w- you wouldn't even start. Mm-hmm. And then once you're in it, you're like, all right, well, I, I have no, I, I can't stop. There's no, I'm past the point of return. I've got to power through it. I got to hire a coach. I got to figure this out. I'm too deep into it now. And that's a good thing. I think. Yeah. And you have to find that thing that is a real pleasure. Like if you love your business, like if I, for example, if I can speak about foods, I'm pretty happy. So I'm like, hey, you know what? You can go somewhere. You can speak about food. So even if I, offer a free talk about it and I can, can make some people happy you know like I, I can see mm-hmm. I um, for some people it's just like oh wow that was exactly the information that they needed well then it was worth going so give me your email huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like give me your email so I can follow up with you if you don't become a patient <laughs> uh, it might be free but I gotta get something out of this <laughs> no uh, well let's see here when we're talking about school, we're talking about learning a whole bunch of stuff, it can be all-consuming. We're most doctors on this all, this podcast, so we all know what it took to become a doctor and going through all the, the book work and everything. Mm-hmm. But we can't forget hobbies. We can't forget about self-care. Yeah. 
What are some of the things that you do to keep you focused and balanced? I guess yoga helps me a lot because I started yoga many, many years ago and I've been practicing Ashtanga, which is like a self-practice style of yoga. And I haven't been mm-hmm. seeing a teacher now for a while. It's just like for me, my morning routine that I do. I don't do, I do it very gently, like not mm-hmm. always a full practice. So like in the philosophy of Chinese medicine, you know, we we should always be in balance. So like not getting stressed about things. So I can do my practice if the time allows, otherwise it will be a bit shorter. But there is no day that I just jump into the day right that I, I would never do. I always do some kind of practice. I do yoga, qigong, or some breathing techniques. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I see lights flashing in the hospital. I'm hearing sirens. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? This happened two days ago at work, too. I was off today, but I'm back. Are you back? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the electricity cycle, the Wi-Fi restarted. Bada bing, bada boom. It must be real. It's China. <laughs> this is wild. This is unusually weird. <laughs> All right. So you want to hear a little bit about the morning routine? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you, you feel like you can't just get up and go. You've got to do a little bit of yoga. Yeah. That's kind of where it cut and, off. And, you know, I don't say people have to practice yoga. I'm, I'm not really like um, doing yoga every day. Sometimes it's qigong. Sometimes it's just breathing. But don't rush into the day. That's what I would say. Um, it's like key principles. Like in the morning, if you use the mobile to wake up, well, don't check. Don't check the notes as a first thing. I would say first thing, sit with yourself. So I usually I get up, I open the doors, I sit on my front deck. And usually my phone is even on flight mode at night. And then only after I finish my practice, I have my at least half an hour for myself. Then I'm going to switch on the phone. And then, well, because of the time difference here in Australia, all these notes from my friends overseas, they... Okay. Up, 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 up. You know, you hear all the messages coming in. And I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. And then I will have my yeah. breakfast, which is, yeah, it's also important in Chinese medicine that you have a routine, that you eat regularly, and that you have a good, nourishing, warming breakfast. So I will not leave the house without having cooked my breakfast and eaten, oh. eaten it. So I, I at least need one and a half hours in the morning um, to be ready for the day. Wow. That's something for me to uh, grab onto. That's not me, but <laughs> when I do have it, I'm like, wow, I accomplished a lot today. This is very interesting. You know, like, <laughs> like if I podcast, sometimes it's five in the morning, and then I'm like, well, do I really want to go back to bed for another hour before I have to start my day? And it's like, no, okay, what can I do? And you're like, wow, I just got a lot accomplished. <laughs> it's like, maybe I should like, do this more often. Oh, <laughs> uh, Actually, that's what people do here in Australia. It's actually amazing. I mean, we're talking now. It's 9 p.m. at night. I think... Um, probably 80% of the people here in Brisbane are in bed. I was so astonished in the beginning. I was like, wow, is life so boring here that people go to bed so early? (laughs) Um, No kidding. Like here in in my apartment, all my flatmates, they're already in bed. They're sleeping probably. It's just a different lifestyle because people here, often they get up with the sunshine and the sun is out 4.30, 5 o'clock. So it's really beautiful. You wake up here in Queensland, sun is out. You wake up naturally. And then I could go for a run at five in the morning. You know, it's it's just, it's really beautiful to start the day early. And it's just a shift in in lifestyle here. 
at least for Queensland. I don't know about the other states. That's great. Well, we're going to switch gears a little bit more. We're getting a little more personal, a little more personal before we wrap this up. We all have love, significant others, things like that. Any kind of advice so that these relationships can last and be uh, fulfilling longer? Well, you know, I look just at everything a little bit in this five elements point of view, and I see how different constitutions act with each other. Like for me, um, I have to see and kind of acknowledge the certain aspects in your partner and just like acknowledge the differences and let those differences be. Because, you know, sometimes when, let's say some people, they are very, very accurate with things. Some people, they are very, very tidy. And some people are very, very expensive, um, like expanding. Maybe for some, I'm just liver person. <laughs> I can be very expanding. Like where I am, you see she's there, you know, just like arrive. And there's like lots of luggage and <laughs> whatever, just like. I'm very present, you know, and like uh-huh. um, maybe um, another person, like a metal person, they would use one thing and after they used it, they put it back into where it belongs to because there's a certain place. You know, instead of um, trying the partner to be like you or whatever, it's just like we got to appreciate each other for our differences. Well, we can find compromises on things, you know, but also it's just like we have these Mm -hmm. different personalities and it's good this way. So definitely got to let go uh, of things and be very much at ease with things. And for me, this has worked out over the last uh, couple of years. I I can't get upset about many things. (laughs) It's not really like (laughs) now. It's just. um, No, I'm with you. I. I'm the guy that leaves the shoes out. I'm like the jackets on the on the couch. I'm gonna wear it in about eight hours. <laughs> Why would I go hang it up? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes it can drive you crazy if you're not into it, though. Yes, yes, it could drive. But your like you said, it's perspective. Crazy, a little yeah. Bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same, Brie. Like you said, I like your answer because you're not really going to change the person. And so you have a choice. You can either be upset about it all the time or just kind of flow with it. Yeah, that's it. And just be happy. I mean, like if you imagine that this doesn't bother you, just like if you didn't have this thought, would life not be much easier? And then just skip the thoughts that things have to be different than they are. Just take them as they are. And well, usually when you when you let go of things, sometimes things fall into place automatically, you know, like because often it is that we might not be like our partners, you know, we might be different, but mm-hmm. there is something when they are different that we, we sometimes admire that. And maybe gradually, you know, yeah. like gradually we kind of also take it on, you know, it's just like we learn, we learn it or gradually we implement these things too and become like a bit more similar, you know, like there's this saying that over Mm -hmm. a long time, they become more similar. Yeah. So let things grow naturally and accept each other's um, differences. You know, I have a thought on, you know, these old couples that kind of look similar. Mm -hmm. It's like, it makes sense. They lived in the same house. They had the same environmental factors. They probably ate generally the same food for the last 20 or 30 years. It makes sense that you're going to morph and age kind of similarly, you know? Yeah, it kind of carries this idea of energy, you know, when you have like another person's energy around you continuously, you know? (laughs) 
it could be good and bad depending on how you mm-hmm. choose to deal with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we've all been in a toxic relationship where we're like, uh, glad we're out of that. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> you might have some of these for us, hopefully. A favorite book, a blog, something like that, that you secretly love and then ones that you would recommend for others. Hmm. Well, when it comes to food, then I would say definitely I love Paul Pitchford. Um, Paul Pitchford, he has a book um, which is called um, Healing with Whole Foods. And actually what is what is really fascinating with him, what I like is that he um, mentions all the um, aspects from Asian philosophy. So when he looks at food, he will just like explain the energy, um, like let's say the thermic ter- energy or the like the impact on organs, like from a Chinese medicine point of view. But also he will mention um, Western medicine uh, details, like nutritional details, um, um, yeah, like special parts of things. Like what did I read uh, lately um, was about the shiitake, for example, that there is um, germanium in it. You know, like he kind of explains mm-hmm. things that in Chinese medicine, you know, when you know um, – when we know things from experience medicine in Chinese medicine, like we know things from experience and from tradition because it has been working this way and it has been proven. But then it's yeah. sometimes really nice to get this Western medicine back up for things. I have this conversation with my wife all the time because she'll say, oh, it's, eat this. It'll be good for your liver and uh, detoxify your kidneys and this and that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's papaya you know or something like that like, <laughs> she's like no but it works it really this is what it does i'm like i'm, I'm sure it does i'm sure it does maybe maybe it's the high quantity of um vitamin c or you know i, try yeah. to go, I kind of mess with her like i'm gonna go western or like maybe it works because of this and not because of this but that's how they are with their teas like they'll make tea with rose hips and like chrysanthemum flowers and all these different things and everyone has a different reason like i'm drinking it because yeah and you're like those five flowers that's in your tea, you really feel like that's going to do something? Like, you know, the Western's like, no, you need to take that cinnamon flour, give you 250 milligrams, extract the extract that makes it powerful. Take that. That'll get you something. Not drinking tea all day for a month. You know? <laughs> well, But that's the two worlds colliding right there. I just believe you have to, to try things. And the beautiful thing with five elements is when you practice it over – I would say over a long time, it's like your your body gets like a natural detox. And what it does, it increases your intuition. Because as long as there is dampness in the body, it's like, well, I would say our intuition is kind of blurred. You know, we get these cravings for things that we don't really need. Mm-hmm. So it's not this healthy craving or the craving that really indicates, um, yeah, what is good for us. But when we have a five elements diet and the body has been um, balanced over a long time, then it's like your intuition grows and you can make those choices more wisely. And also you get just like more uh, conscious of whatever you consume, you know, like if you have a tea, a certain tea, like peppermint tea or so, you would recognize even that it is a warm drink, but it is cooling. You would just like, you would know, ah, this is refreshing. You know, you you just yeah. become more aware of things or that if you had a really um, spicy meal and you start sweating, you know, you know, this is because of this really spicy meal that you've just had. Yeah. 
it's just increasing awareness for the thing. So, and then you can go and experiment because it's not just about believing. I think you, you have to try everything, not doubt it, just like try, use and explore, discover it. Yeah. Find your own opinion. Have a little faith. It's just food. Yeah, it's just food. It's if it works, probably healthy food. <laughs> if it didn't work, you can always go back to your past diet because yeah. that was obviously not helping. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the burger after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, before we wrap up, I think we have a love obsession with our phones. Besides social media, do you have any apps that you tend to use on a regular basis that you would like to share? Um, you mean now health-related apps? Um, Anything you want. It could be business or your favorite catch a plane app it doesn't matter <laughs> well i use a lot of communication apps well i i, I use of course um peter Dabman's app for um uh, for the acupuncture points well I, I live with it i i need it to have to look up things it's just like it's so more much more convenient these days you know like when you're not sure about the impact of um, of a point you quickly check it so this is just li- life-saving. It um, it's a manual, manual of acupuncture. So Peter Dedman's okay, a manual, a manual of acupuncture. So this is well, every every nice. acupuncturist probably knows it. So it's just like really nice to and handy to have on your phone. Yeah. Yeah, because there's times I'm sure where you're, you get that gut intuition like I need to needle something else but ooh, it's been a while since i did that one let me look it up real quick like yes that's the one awesome okay now i'm gonna remember it next time yeah at least i feel that way when i went with certain things i'm like oh, what was that again okay now i remember yeah it's very interesting we learn hundreds of points but in the end um i think we is it is it maybe um really the 50 most important it's just like um there is there is a number Everything. of points that you use just like daily and also maybe depending depending whether people specialize on on a certain thing like fertility or whatever things may vary but it's just like right. everyone has like their favorite points and then well then you need for these uh, special cases and um, yeah for other conditions sometimes you really need you need your manuals you need your literature and just like yeah, have a quick laugh. Like yeah. that. <laughs> Some truth bombs going off. <laughs> well, how can people get in touch with you and find out more information? So I got a website, which is called keystoenergy.com.au for Australia. And, well, I share all my information on that website. Um, people can also find me on Instagram because I'm posting daily on Instagram. Um, also under Keys to Energy. And same on Facebook. So, Perfect. Yeah. Very cool. Well, any parting words before we go? Well, it was super lovely. I'm um, really excited. Like this was my my first podcast. And it is exactly as you said. I felt like having coffee chat just without coffee. So thank you very, very much. (laughs) Well, it's been great. I think it's been very entertaining. Uh, I've learned something. Definitely opens our eyes to for more things. And I kind of want to go and figure out what five element eating is all about and see if there's any charts or anything that I can like biohack myself. And if I can't, and if other people can't, keystohealth.com.au, you do coaching. I'm pretty sure if you know how to Skype, you could probably get a consultation or something, right? Yeah. But say again, it's keystoenergy.com.au. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. 
want to make you aware of a couple of things. A doctorsperspective.net. We got a few things to talk about. We've got some free handouts for nerve pain, numbness in the arms and legs, and also a 12 exercises. If you experience some back pain and want your core stronger, you experience some neck and shoulder tightness and pain, these are free to download. Okay. It's under resources. Also under the resources tab is my new book, Needless Acupuncture, Self-Treatment Guide for 40 Common Conditions. Stop the hurting with no needles or meds, your roadmap to self-treat your condition painlessly. We're talking things like anxiety, insomnia, neck pain, back pain, uh, possibly some knee issues, stomach issues, tired, arm and leg pain, even a little bit of sinuses, toothache, all those types of things. This book really is for those, they're busy, they don't have time to drive to an office, spend an hour, and go back to work. All right. So it allow, this book allows you to do it from the from your own house. It's also for the person that maybe doesn't have an acupuncturist within like a 90-minute drive just to go see one. So that's pretty inconvenient. It's also for the person who is afraid of needles. So there's alternatives to that method that we show you in the book. And lastly, for the person who's like, I really can't afford as much care as I need. So this is a way. Invest in a book. And now you're able to do it at your house with pictures with words, and even videos. Things that I've learned from working in China, Western references, Eastern references, and practical experience. So check it out. I think you're going to like it. The first book, Today's Choices, Tomorrow's Health, again, is version 2.0. We got everything from what is chiropractic, what is pain, some exercises, some stretches, lots of lessons learned from my time in China, like portion control, is it okay to feel hunger, secret recipe. Heck, and I love talking about it. I even got a whole section on finances, like budgeting, creating a budget, how to scale back if you overspend, which is a huge problem for most people. So I'll cover that. It's got some really good reviews. So hopefully you will take a look at that. You can get it as a PDF for free or you can pay for it in different areas. Lastly, of course, we've got some chiropractic tongue-in-cheek t-shirts about being a mixer. You do rehab, you do adjustments. You think the adjustment's really a powerful thing, but you also believe that you need to do muscle work and those types of things. We got some pretty cool shirts, mixers, and under the resources tab as well. Well, as always, wherever you listen to the show, if you rank it five stars, that would be awesome. And of course, on the top right of the website, there's all the social media icons. Pick your flavor, follow me, interact, and I interact back. If you got any suggestions, email me. Have a good week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.